Hi there, thanks for joining us at the Christians in Sport podcast. My name is Johnny Reid. It's great to have you with us. This podcast, uh, as always, speaks to sports people who follow Jesus and asks them how they play connected, how they've connected their sport and faith and what difference their faith makes to their sport. Uh, today we've got a great interview, really exciting one. We're speaking with Fran Clarkson. She's uh, the Women's Pathway Physiotherapy Lead at the FA uh, and now currently the Interim Senior Women's Lead Physio. Uh, we recorded her. We had the privilege of going to St. George's Park, the home of England football, uh, to speak with her a few weeks ago. Fran's job involves working with all the elite women's footballers in England, from the younger teams to the senior teams. Uh, she previously worked in the professional cricket at Derbyshire uh, with Trent Rockets and also Worcestershire. Uh, it's a great chat about how her work and her faith connect in such a high-performance environment. So let's join Dan O'Graham Daniels, our General Director now, as he speaks with physiotherapist Fran Clarkson about her sport and faith. Fran Clarkson, uh, Derbyshire County Cricket Club lead physio, Trent Rockets, women physio in the 100. Uh, recently appointed women's pathway physiotherapy lead uh, at the FA. Uh, but as we meet today, very, very recently, just appointed interim senior women's lead physio. Uh, Fran, welcome to the Christians in Sport podcast. Thank you. What does it mean for you to have your sport, work and faith connected to, to play or to physio connected? That's always our starting question. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you? Um, I think what it means has looked a bit different over time because I sort of grew up and played sport um, and that's probably when I first, um, you know, became a Christian and also um, through the support and work of Christians in sport was able to bring faith and sport together when I thought they were very separate. Um, And so what that sort of means for me now is recognising that um, every moment of every day, uh, you know, I am living and serving Jesus in the work that I do, in how I am, in how I conduct myself, um, and recognizing that he's given me very specific um, ability and desire and love for sport, also a love for the career that I now work in, being a physio, and so I can just bring all that together day to day in what I'm doing. Good, so it's a great answer, of course, and now into the specifics. that's a change, right? You, you've come here, it's a jump. You've gone from county cricket for quite a few years, uh, from county cricket to professional football. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? Yeah, I mean, when people have asked me about the change in role, you know, there's, I've sort of said back to them, it's a change on many levels. So it's from professional male sport to professional women's sport, from adult to adolescent, um, from football to cricket. Um, so yeah, like quite a lot of changes and my sport sort of growing up as well was, was more so cricket, did play a bit of football. Um, but coming into the role here and, and, and getting the role as the, the pathway leader as I did at the beginning of the year, um, I just saw it as it, um, an opportunity to continue to develop um, in the, the role that I have, my physiotherapy skills in, in elite sport and also uh, be reminded that I really do enjoy um, like the pathway, the talent pathway, adolescent side of the work that you can do as a physio, you know, more developmental and sort of helping guide players on a bit of an earlier part of their journey. So yeah, quite different in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. um, but really exciting role that I've, I've been in now since the beginning of the year. How tricky a decision was that? Because as you've just intimated, uh, having spent quite a long time working with adult males and their sort of physical development is never quite complete but it's it's pretty much 
uh, on its way. Mm. In all levels, you've changed niche here. Was it a tricky decision or was it an, what we might call a no-brainer because of the nature of the job? Um, I, I'd say both. I'd say there was definite tricky aspects to the decision. Um, and as with, with any sort of decisions, you know, what I try and do um, in life in general, whether it's a big decision, a small decision, because of my faith and trusting that God is in control of it all, he knows me, he knows, you know, the plan and purpose he has for me, um, was when I, it felt like perhaps my time at Derbyshire was coming to an end. Um, I was very settled in Derby, the city itself, friends, church, so didn't really feel that I wanted to look too far um, away from Derby. This role comes up 25 minutes down the road, did seem like a big change, but also great opportunity. So yeah, I was just, you know, just quite willing to say, Lord, if it's, if it is something that you have for me, it's the right thing to do. Um, in fact, a friend said to me just yesterday, they were like, well, at the end of the day, a body's just a body, isn't it? And to some degree it is, but then there are obviously differences in male, female and, and age of, of athlete and things. So on one level, it's, it's just moving to another physio job, but on a whole another level, it's much bigger in many facets of, you know, the organization being at the FA, um, so yeah, just felt a real piece that it was right to go for it. Um, applied and interviewed and was offered offered the role. So yeah. I mean, when you do when you do drive into St George's Park, it, it is a pretty remarkable setup, isn't it? Uh, it, it? And you see the investment that there is mm. in professional football. Is that quite an eye opener? Yeah, definitely. I'd only visited this site once before as an external uh, sort of visitor. Um, and yeah, the first few times I was driving in here at the beginning of the year, uh, and I will definitely continue to try and keep this to not take it for granted. Like I rethought again, seeing it through the eyes of you guys coming in, you know, as, as sort of visitors, it's, it, I don't uh, take for granted, um, you know, just what a privilege it is to work for such a, a leading, um, you know, sport governing body um, and with the FA. Um, yeah, I sort of feel really, really proud and privileged that I have been able to come and be a part of this this organisation and what they sort of stand for and how they're trying to develop the game as a whole. Um, and then obviously, particularly in, in sort of the women's the women's side, which we know very recently has sort of boomed and exploded. And yeah. Let me just, before we come on to the women's side and the two roles or the role you're about to begin as well now at this point in the year after coming here earlier in the year, um, just take us back for a moment then, uh, in terms of your faith, uh, your Christian perspective and your work at Derbyshire in cricket, um, how do they tie together? How is that in the changing room? How is that with the staff? What are the perceptions uh, of faith engaged in sport at your mm -hmm. level? Um, so the role at Derbyshire was my first full-time role in professional sport. So, so that role, um, in a sense, was quite a big, uh, I guess, landmark, if you like, on my progression as a physio. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot to um, just take on board and consider. Uh, and certainly at the time, so out of the 18 counties, there was only one other county that had a, a lead female physio. Derbyshire itself had had um, female physios in the past. Um, but so I guess I just had to consider, you know, it's a new role. I, I'm new into elite sport full time. Um, and yeah, it was just being sensitive to recognising that ultimately you're being employed for the skill set that you bring technically. So your skills as a physiotherapist, 
um, what that means in terms of looking after the squad, the players. Um, but also, as with any other role as well, you're also bringing who you are as a person, how you interact with players and staff. Um, and yeah, the, the whole time through my sort of um, experience in five years there, I think it was, if not six, um, Funnily enough, you know, the male-female, it was never really an issue. They were a really respectful group of staff and um, players. And I almost really never never really noticed it. Like, having played sport, you're used to the banter. Maybe not being so used to the male banter of a dressing room playing female sport. But, um, again, you know, they were great. Sometimes they'd be the usual, like, oh, we can't say that, Fran's in here. But, you know, they were great. Mm-hmm. Um, great group of guys who were always very respectful you know, saw me as a, the professional sort of physiotherapist that I am. Mm. Um, and yeah, you know, just built built really good relationships with them and, and the varying sort of staff teams over the years. Now that you've segued into the women's professional football game then, looking back on your five or six years at Derby, what did you learn about the integration of of your fundamental worldview, almost your Christian faith, and its integration into elite sport. What, what were the lessons that you gained from that period? Um, I think, if you like, being at the in my role working in elite sport in the cricket and being at what you might call the sharper end of elite sport, um, winning, losing, a lot, a lot resting on that, um, being part of the team, backroom team, but equally having a direct, indirect influence on on what happens with with team results. Um, I think certainly one thing that it helped for me, perhaps personally and internally, I think the faith that I have in, first and foremost, that I know my identity is in Jesus Christ and what he's done for me. Um, And by that, I mean, um, you know, I don't need to worry about performance or ability because I know that I am fully accepted by him. and so in relation to that and then performance and what happened with the squad and the backroom staff, internally, I felt that I could potentially stay quite level, of course, be disappointed. One particularly stands out when we made finals day for the first time in the club's history and then lost the semi-final. Um, you know, of course, there's disappointment. You love the sport. You love the players and the team and all the work that's gone into it, but equally to be able to reflect and, and know for myself deep down, although not a player, know that the result wasn't everything, um, you know. And I think for me, being able to have a sort of a foundation like that, knowing that my skills and ability are not what define me, I think then hopefully what that helps me bring as a person in both the staff and the player team um is hopefully bring that kind of sort of level and, and central um, yeah, emphasis and feeling and therefore be able to have, you know, sort of quite considered and uh, sort of rational discussions, you know, down the line when there's reviews and that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, you certainly, you've engaged with elite sport, both in cricket and, and in the women's professional football game now at a time when mental well-being, holistic care is absolutely pivotal to the thinking and and as we think about what's going on here with the England setup and the elite player performance plan uh, it's concern for the holistic welfare of young players particularly uh, is at the heart uh, of the English Football Association have you noticed in your nine months or so here have you noticed an emphasis on that wider care than just putting your shirt on and playing 
Yeah, I, I would definitely say that I have. And um, I've really enjoyed so far my sort of integration working with... Um, so although I look after the, the pathway sort of group and, and practitioners, I was predominantly, I've been with like the 18s and 19s. And I've had a real sense from the beginning from the staff team, the coaching team and the other practitioners within that team, there is a real obvious and genuine concern and care for the welfare of, of the players. But what I've been really conscious of is, yes, at this age group or the age groups, you want to have success. You are playing to win, but it definitely doesn't appear that it's at all costs. And I, from work colleagues and, and friends here at work, you know, I do get a, a real sense that there is genuine concern for all players, wherever they, they might sit in a squad. And there's a real sort of desire to ensure that we're investing as much as we can in, in each player Um you know, whether that's on camp or, or off camp when they're back at clubs and, and clubs are doing the same. And it's definitely developing, I think. Um, and the, you know, just the, the way that the women's game has progressed, that kind of support hopefully then becomes more the norm as you go, you know, mm. lower down through sort of club systems and academies mm. and things like that. Yeah, that's very encouraging to hear. Uh, and it certainly seems to be the hallmark of what's going on at the Football Association of these last, certainly this last decade. As you, as you've been here now around a nine-month period, it, was it a surprise uh, to be asked to step in initially, just to go with the senior women's team uh, just a month or two ago uh, when they went overseas to play? Um, you're invited to join them for that. Tell us the story behind that. Yeah. So um, as again, you know, in many organisations, you have sort of. Um, trying to think of the word now but you have sort of a backup or a contingency plan if if staff are not available or, or things need to be shifted around and it happened that yeah two camps ago when they were finishing off their um world cup qualification games um i was just asked to come and take the place of, of a physio that couldn't uh, cover that camp mm. um a little bit often it's done on um you know in a sense as pathway lead um, I sort of sit as the next, I suppose you like cab off the rank really, you know, um, yeah. but I, you know, I'm, was genuinely, um, yeah, really pleased that they considered that they wanted me to come in and, and help mm. and just support, um, the other two sort of physiotherapists, uh, who, who already work with that squad. So yeah, that was, that was a great, um, opportunity, uh, yeah, a couple of months ago. Hey, sorry for interrupting. I hope you're enjoying our chat with Fran. We'll get back to it in just a minute. But before then, I wanted to tell you about our networks. Networks exist to connect like-minded people together. As we recognise life as Christians in the world of sport uh, presents various joys and challenges. We have specific networks, whether you're an elite athlete competing at the highest level or an amateur sports person, as well as networks for students and for parents with children on elite pathways. You can head to christiansinsport.org.uk forward slash networks. That's christiansinsport.org.uk forward slash networks to quickly sign up for yours and get plugged in with others today. Let's go back to Fran and Dan. Fran, you're giving us a tremendous insight into the life of an elite level physiotherapist. I want to take you back now to where we started this interview and you talked about your own integration of faith and sport as a younger person when you were playing cricket, really, that's when that was. Uh, give us a snapshot of that story uh, from inside out. Mm. What was going on there in those days? 
Yeah, so um, so I was, you know, very fortunate to grow up in a, a Christian home. So I would have always gone to church. So always had an awareness of the Bible, going to church, you know, stories and, and sort of understanding those kind of things. And also played sport from a young age. Um, so played cricket, um, played women's cricket, played sort of growing up age groups at Yorkshire went to uni, moved to Birmingham, played for Warwickshire. Um, but prior to sort of uni years, I sort of reached a real crunch point where I hadn't yet sort of committed personally to follow Jesus and everything that he um, represents and, and offers me. I hadn't made that um, commitment because I felt like sport and faith were separate. I felt that I loved my sport, um, particularly as well growing up, it was very often on Sundays. So I had this sort of almost just ob in my mind an obvious, well, if you're playing sport on a Sunday, you're not going to church. So that makes that means you're not a Christian with a sort of wrong understanding at that point of what being a Christian was. But then through involvement with Christians in sport, um, hearing some of the, uh, you know, um, the talks and the explanation of just who Jesus is, what he'd done for me. And the fact that this word that we use quite a lot, you know, in Christian circles, worship, um, the fact that, you know, I understood for the first time, probably in my later teenage years, that actually it's not just that going to church and singing hymns or reading my Bible, that that's what makes me a Christian or that's the only way of worship, but to understand that when you see Jesus for who he is, for what he's done for you uh, in dying on the cross in my place and offering me life to the full, my worship back to him is my whole life. It, it's everything I do, it's everything I think, it's not just church on a Sunday. And that opened up a real like thankfulness in me because I almost felt like God was being a spoil sport saying like, I'll give you this desire for sport, I'll give you some talent, um, you know, yet you can't do that because it's gonna take you away from church and Christian activities. And actually to have that just made so plainly clear that God created me he didn't make a mistake, you know, I am who I am and he knows me and he knows my desires and the things that I love to do. Um, and that was just an amazing, yeah, moment to realise that actually it's it's everything. So in everything I do, whether I am in church, singing his praises, you know, meeting with friends or and hearing his word, or, you know, I was out on the pitch, playing my heart out, being alongside teammates, you know, there's no difference in his eyes if you're doing it for him and in sort of thankfulness to what he's given you. Um, yeah, so it opened everything up. Do you find your faith's been respected? Because inevitably you end up in conversations like that, natural, intuitive, talking about each other's lives, private lives. Is there a respect? Is it, is it unexpected when people find out you have a faith? Give us a couple of examples. You don't need to name people, of course, but it's really lovely hearing of mutual respect in conversations about how you view life mm. yeah no um i've you know so far i've had nothing nothing but respect uh which which is great and um yeah it was interesting one conversation i do remember with a colleague earlier on this year um i think it was a it was a cold evening here in february or march raining we were on a training camp we were just watching pitch side um, as the players were training and I can't remember how it came about but um, in the conversation there was opportunity I think it was like oh are you religious or spiritual or this that the other and I said yes I'm a Christian um, 
and there was maybe a little bit of surprise, but almost more uh, a response as to like, ah, oh, you know, that must... And when I talked about the fact to go try and go to church on the weekends, every weekend, unless I'm working and then I'm not able to be there. Um, and sort of a recognition, actually, from my friend to be like, that must feel like, a, in her words, a really nice sort of reset for the week. So she had, from her own experience, just an understanding of, you know, um, that by going there and meeting with other people, sort of that was her sort of trying to understand what it must feel like to have a, a faith um, from that point of view. So, yeah, it was great. Well, hold on there. That, that, that's really interesting, I suspect, to many people listening to us now. I've never thought of it as the reset. <clears throat> but when your life is consumed by sport, you really have got to be on it all the time. Sleep, diet, rest, mm -hmm. performance, train. Um, there's so little chance to actually go outside that bubble. Mm. Your family, but anything else yeah. with people who aren't engaged in your family life or your sports life. Mm. Where does anyone go to have different experiences of time yeah. so pin that down a bit more well, then church church yeah. we say church tell us about that community and why it's helpful to you as a human being do you know it's, it's funny you say that because it, it also opened my eyes to be like when she said it i was like oh yeah it is actually it it, it massively is um and yeah so going to church i, I go to a church in derby and it genuinely feels like they are my extended family. Now that's not to say, well, like in family, you don't always get on with everybody, do you? But, um, you know, when I walk through the doors there and you've got from babies up to 80, 90 year old people, but because we all have a united um, love for Jesus, a united um, just gratitude for, um, you know, what he has given us in giving us that, that new life, um, you have that just the deepest connection that you could ever really have with another human being. And then on top of that, in that church environment, on a Sunday, you meet, um, you sing. Um, you know, sometimes people will say, won't they, like singing at a football match, you're, you're singing for your team, you're, you're worshipping, you're praising because it, there's something that means so much to you. On a Sunday morning, you know, the words that you're singing are just thankfulness to God for who he is and what he's done for you in, in Jesus. So there's that, and you're doing it with others around you. Um, and then, you know, you will someone from the front will just speak from a passage or a section or verses from the Bible, which as Christians we believe is God's word, and it's alive, and it's him speaking to us today. So what that will generally do on a Sunday, it does remind me to potentially lift my eyes up and not down in the, you know, I've been in work all week and perhaps the different challenges and things that are going on or maybe challenges in private life and just things that can be all-consuming on many levels. And it just reminds me, it is a bit of a reset of, you know, God is my creator, he's made me, he's made me um, and he's saved me. And yes, that might not change certain scenarios if they're difficult scenarios or, or, or what have you, but it just reminds me and brings me back to focus on just the joy that it is to know that I am a child of God, that um, regardless of what happens in life, that doesn't change, that is certain and secure, and that I have a hope um, of eternal life, you know, which 
can't fail to sort of bring you back to a, a central just thankfulness and a humility saying, you know, thank you um, that you have done that, that you've saved me and my life now is free to live for him. Um, and then you've got that community around you that if things are difficult, you know, if life is a bit tough, um, there's definitely just, just great friends and people that walk alongside you and are there for you. And yeah, it's great. So, so we've talked, Fran, uh, at length really about your own faith, your professional development, your passion for the job and your confidence that the God who made you has put you in this skill set. What are the challenges then, are the real challenges of having a faith in this elite environment? Or what have you learned so far about that challenge? Mm -hmm. um, I think probably one of the, the challenges, and I don't know if it's specifically faith-related necessarily, but it's certainly... It, the, the, the difficult sort of scenario that I'll describe definitely comes back to um, the sort of foundations of my faith and therefore how I would want to act in, in certain circumstances. So as, as physio, um, you are obviously a medical professional, you're looking after players, um, you're also not just player facing, you're also coach facing and, and other wider, wider staff. And you can often be seen a bit differently by the players. They might sort of chat to you a little bit more, or a little bit more openly. Um, and then you're trying to give them sort of information from yourself on a professional level. You also are then expected to give sort of reports back to the wider staff. You've also got just generally in any medical sort of profession, you are also bound, you know, legally by confidentiality. So there's lots of different layers of being wise in the information that you can share, wise in the information of how you share what you can. I think, um, so probably it's bringing sort of those kind of aspects together. It's, it's um, being able to show integrity, trustworthiness, and this is both ways that, you know, a coach knows that you are going to give them the information that, that they need that's gonna help them make an informed decision for the player and the squad but that players are also aware that, you know, um, they can trust you um, in, in the information that will be shared. It, it can be quite, can be quite difficult. Um, and di players are different, players are different in, in the relationship that you have with them. Again, that's just, just life in general. Some might share more with you, some might not. But I'd say one of the underlying things, which is a bit of a cliche, but certainly something that I've heard people say before in terms of building the, perhaps more so the player relationship, um, is that, Nobody cares how much you know as a professional until they know that you care. Mm. So I think that there, that's always a, yeah, it, it can be a challenge because you, you certainly want to be supporting them, fulfilling your role, giving them everything they need to, to recover from any um, injury or illness. Um, and then just make sure that they know that any conversations you sort of have with wider staff team are the things that, that sort of need to be known and, and will benefit all um, in that kind of sense. We started out by asking you, what does it mean for your sport, work and faith to be connected? Uh, if you're writing a letter to uh, young Fran Clarkson when she was in her first day training to be a physio, uh, what would you be saying with the life experience you've had so far about the privilege of the job uh, as a Christian person? Um, 
I think I, I probably would come back to the side of things that is more about character and who you are as a person. I think starting out doing my studies and going through my early career as a physio, I very much thought, you know, to get to wherever, wherever that end goal might be, it's all about um, going on all these courses, having the latest, you know, treatment skill, knowing all the different journals and and was very much focused on like, um, you know, my ability or my technical skills. And of course, they are significantly important. You have to be able to assess and treat and, and work those things out. Um, but more so as the years have gone on, it's become much more apparent that actually, again, just going back to what I just said, they, they won't care what you know in terms of physio knowledge, the latest gadget for, for rehab until they know that you care. And I think that's just been such a, an important part of all my work, you know, from NHS through to elite sport. And it is a privilege to be in a profession that is a caring profession. Um, so I think it's building those relationships. It's showing people that I work with. Um, and of course, I don't get it right all the time, but that I, you know, I have that integrity and honesty and sort of openness. Um, and that I have a genuine desire sort of why I do the work that I do. I want to be able to, um, you know, help them to improve performance through using the skills that I have when they're injured, ill, um, and that that really is, you know, what motivates me in, in the work that I do. Frank Clarkson, thank you very much indeed. Pleasure. Well, that was super. Thanks uh, to Fran and for Dano. Thanks to Fran particularly for her time. And we hope and pray it's been an encouraging and challenging listen about how she connects her sport uh, and her faith. Uh, do let us know any feedback you have. Uh, that really helps us uh, to know how you're finding these podcasts, maybe any topics or guests you'd love us to speak to. Uh, and what really helps us as well is if you leave a rating and a review if you're listening, particularly on Apple Podcasts. It means more people can find this uh, and other podcasts we have in our library as well. Finally, if you're not yet and you'd like to connect in with other sports people, do check out our networks. You can also check out Game Day, our weekly devotional for sports people. You can sign up for that at christiansinsport.org.uk forward slash game day. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. We've got plenty more to come soon, uh, particularly uh, ahead of the FIFA World Cup. Uh, we'd love you to check them out, so do subscribe if you haven't yet. And we'll see you next time.